just like to uh, read a scripture to you from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, following on from where we were last week. Last week, Andrew spoke to us on not putting out the Spirit's fire and not treating prophecies with contempt. And, uh, you know, I thought to myself, thinking when I woke up on Monday morning, well, yes, I think I had a bit of the Spirit's fire on Sunday, but have I got some of the Spirit's fire on Monday morning? That's my desire. Um, And then the uh, writer goes on to say in verse 23, May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. Um, thank you, Aaron, for what you brought. That, was, that really encouraged me because it was um, spot on about something that I think God has asked me to say this morning. And I hope I remember to come back to that. But just the picture I had of God's always got hold of the other end of the rope. So however you feel and whatever you might be doing, grab the rope. And when you grab that rope, you know that somebody's going to take the tension. God has got it tight. So I expect um, I'm not going to be too long preaching. I've been given an allotted time. I expect uh, Jenna, you, you, you can't, Gemma, you, sorry, got your name wrong now, haven't I? You can't wait for me to stop preaching. You want to get on and get baptized, don't you? Okay, I thought so. That's good. And the same with Andrew and James. I've got, um, I've got a I've got a um, scripture for the three of you, um, which really sums up your whole lives. And um, I will put it on the, uh, we've got somewhere to write these things, I think, somewhere. Anyhow, um, I will make sure you get it so you don't have to remember it. But it's the epistle to the Philippians, and it's chapter 1, and it's verse 6. And it is, be confident of this, that he who began a good work in you, will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. That sums up your start of your walk with Jesus, all your walk with Jesus, and the finish of your walk with Jesus. And that's what we're going to look at for a few minutes this morning. Now, first of all, if you haven't been to a baptismal service like this before, I mean, what's this all about? There's a big pool of water here. You might say, well, why don't you just sprinkle them? I mean, that would save six people, more than that, nine people getting wet this morning, wouldn't it? Not, it would save them all splashing around in there. Isn't it a bit of a waste of water? Anyhow, what, what's special about this water? Well, actually, nothing. You're hoping it's warm, aren't you? That, 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 that's, the only, that's the only qualification for this water, is that it's warm. But there is, there is nothing special. It's not holy water. It hasn't been prayed over. It's... It's just normal water out of the tap. So what's this all about? Well, baptism is very important because it symbolizes something that happens in our lives. And while I've prepared this, it's been a challenge to me 
as I look back to my, when I was saved and when I was baptized. And I'd invite you, Chris Gregory, he was spot on there. He looked back to when God hauled him out of the slimy pit of sin and a life without Jesus. And it's good to look back and thank God for the way he's brought us. But it's also quite good to say, well, how am I getting on? How how am I getting on on this journey which I started when I was saved and baptized? So when we we put somebody into the water, the three people this morning, um, Jenna and Andrew and James, we're going to put them right under. No mercy, they're going right under. And every bit of them. But don't worry, we're not going to hold them there. We're going to bring them up pretty quickly. And that going under symbolizes death. It symbolizes that they have made a decision at some stage in the past to die to their old life. When I, sorry to talk about myself, but I won't embarrass the others. When I was baptized, that symbolized that Anthony Porter had died to a sinful life where he pleased himself and he did his own thing and he totally disregarded God. And that's what pushing them under the water means this morning. Because you see, it also symbolizes that our sins are gone because Jesus went into death and he was buried. This speaks of burial. And he, he, he was buried and he took our sins. He didn't need to die for his own sins. He died for our sins. And, he was, and so that's what we're symbolizing this morning. And then the burial is a bit when they're underneath. It's the old life gone. It's finished. And when they come up out of the water, wow, it's a new life. It symbolizes a new life starting. And you know, there's nothing more wonderful than a new Christian life. Um, We used to sing a song years ago, I am a new creation, no more in condemnation. And that is so true. Now, if you're sitting here and you're thinking, well, I really don't know what he's on about. I've never felt condemned. I don't feel condemned. Well, I think that you might still be in your sins, and I think you might still need Jesus as your saviour and this morning is your opportunity to reach out to Jesus it isn't just about the three who are being baptised it's about you as well because we want to see people come and make peace with God um, anyhow what, just, what is sin actually um, you might be saying what, what, what's he on about what's sin well I mean sin can be all sorts of things can't it, it can be murder and stealing and breaking the speed limit. And, but, you know, basically, sin is doing my own thing and ignoring God. And God made every one of us to have a relationship with him. Isn't that amazing? The great God who created the heavens and the earth, who's, who made us, and uh, um, I've had one or two, haven't been well, I've had one or two scans recently, and it always amazes me when they start telling you all about your body, and you think, wow, wow, does it really do that? Does that really work? Is that how it works? And you think, yeah, actually, God put us together. He created us. And, uh, but he wants a relationship with each one of you. And that's why Jenna and Andrew can't see James at the moment, but no doubt he'll pop up in a minute somewhere. But that's why God has created you, because he's desperate to have a relationship and to be part of your life. So what about after baptism then? Well, 
that's where Aaron's word comes in. That God gives us a rope to lead our Christian lives. And um, we read about it in uh, 1 Thessalonians. And um, it says that may the God himself, may God himself, so this is this great God we've been worshipping this morning, the God of peace, sanctify you. Well, that's a, a big word. Yeah, you say, actually, I, I've heard about sanctification. Um, read it in the Bible. Um, not too sure what it, what it really means to be sanctified. Well, sanctification is a process. When we're saved and we, we ask Jesus to forgive us our sins, we're justified. That's a gift. God justifies us and he looks at us and regards us as though we never had sin because Jesus has taken our sins. But sanctification is a bit different. It's not exactly a gift it, because God it's a process that we go through all of our lives. It's about walking with God. It's about holding on to that rope. Sanctification um, starts at when we're saved when we're saved sanctification starts straight away it it teaches us to say no to some things that we may have done before and it teaches us to say yes to what God wants us to do I could just tell you a story it's a very old story um, about when I was a young lad growing up in Crondall there was a man in the church old man and uh, he'd been saved many years before in Basingstoke and uh, before he was, knew the Lord, he used to go out Fridays and Saturdays and go from pub to pub to pub and get drunk. And one night, as he was going home, or going from one pub to the other, there were a group of people preaching the gospel. We used to call it preaching in the open air. It's quite fun, actually. I've done it. And um, he stopped to heckle and to make fun and to shout them down. And God touched him and saved him. And he became a new creation. And he didn't just go home. Do you know what he did? And this is sanctification. He took action about his new faith. And he turned around and he went back to all the pubs. In, and there were a lot of pubs in Basingstoke in those days. He went to all the pubs that he used to drink. And he said, um, I've just come to tell you, um, you won't see me anymore. They said, oh, why is that? He said, I've become a Christian. I'm not going to waste my money on drink. I'm going to stay home with my wife and children. They said, oh, we don't believe you. You'll be back next week. But that man didn't. He, he stuck to what he said. That is, God started sanctification early. And God sanctifies us all through our lives. Now, I can't say too much about sanctification because um, one of England's greatest Bible teachers, Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, said that sanctification cannot possibly be taught in one preaching. So I've only got half a preaching anyhow. So um, we'll, I hope that's just given you a flavor of sanctification. It is a process of walking with God. It starts at conversion. We're, we're led by the Holy Spirit. And, um, you know, um, when, when preachers prepare for preaching, um, we don't just sort of sit in front of the farm, put our feet up and have a cup of coffee and think, mm, yeah, I could say that's quite good and, that's good. and then we pray a bit. And, and... No. Preachers have to answer to God what they're going to preach to see, is that 
Because when I've been preparing this, God has challenged my life about how sanctified is my, my life. How much am I giving to God? How much am I being obedient? It's very easy to, to go on in our lives and we think, oh yes, well I'll do that. And then you think, no, God is interested in our lives and he wants to speak into our lives. And um, we must hold on to that rope. Aaron used the word so that we saw. Um, do you want to soar in your walk with God? Do you want to enjoy it? I read something else this week in preparation. I don't know who said it, but they said that um, if you're not a Christian, you have problems. If you are a Christian, you have problems. But the people who have the most problems are the people that are half Christians. Um, just think about that. You may be a Christian and... Uh, I should say not half Christian, I should say we half live the Christian life. That will give us problems. The Christian life is not easy, it's challenging, it's costly. And I'm sure Jenna and Andrew and James have been told that. God makes demands on our lives because he loves us. Why, why does God make demands on our lives? What's, what's the end result? Well, let's just go back to um, Philippians chapter 1 and remember what it says he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ what's that mean what's the day of Jesus Christ what's the point of being a Christian what's the point of coming to church what's the point of reading my bible well, the Bible talks about a day, and it calls it the day. Several references in the Bible, it talks about the day. God has appointed the day when he will judge the world by the man he has appointed, Christ Jesus. And just in, in finishing, I just want to say, God wants us all to be ready for that day that he has appointed. You know, we don't talk very much about that day, do we? We, 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 tend to, we tend to perhaps live our lives and we plan for the future. Um, the early church expected Jesus to come back at any time. Jesus talked and the apostles talked about his second coming. The second coming of Jesus is very real. Um, I don't want to alarm you, but actually the Bible says it could happen any time, and we don't know when it's going to happen, and so it tells us to be ready. And so as I've had to challenge myself, I challenge you this morning, ask you, I don't want to challenge you, I want to ask you nicely, did, I, 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 are you ready for the second coming of Jesus? You, you're just starting out and being baptized, but uh, it's that, that Jesus could come at any time, and that is the day that we're looking for. That is, that is, there's, there's quite a lot in the Bible. We don't often teach it, but there's quite a lot in the Bible about um, rewards, giving an account of how we lived our lives. I find that quite scary to think one day I've got to stand before God and he might ask me about certain things I've done and haven't done in my life. Um, you know, Christianity is not just a kind of joyride to heaven. We have responsibilities, but 
God, I just think it's so amazing in, in that Thessalonians where it says that um, the God himself will sanctify you through and through and keep you blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus. The one who calls you is faithful. And really, perhaps, let me just finish with this, that the, the key to everything I've said this morning is those three words. God, and remember them please, God himself is faithful. God wants your life. He wants your heart. He wants all of it. He wants all of you. He wants a deep relationship with you and he's got hold of that rope. He's not going to let you go and he wants you to keep hold of the other end all the time because he's got the best for you and he loves you. Thank you. God bless you.